0: You know, everything for me tends to come back to, to value. What what value are you creating? And more importantly, how does the person or the or the businesses that you're trying to serve,
1: how do they perceive that value? Welcome to the Video Entrepreneur Podcast, powered by UScreen.tv. This is your host, Rob Balasavis, head of partnerships here at UScreen. This is a podcast that talks about what it takes to build a successful online video business and every week we'll take behind the scenes with top video creators, experts, and entrepreneurs to discuss the world of online videos and what it really takes to build a thriving video business. If you're new to our podcast, welcome, glad to have you here, but if you've caught some of our episodes already, glad to have you back. Today, we have Jeff Cobb joining me to talk about the state of the e-learning industry, as well as what it takes to build a successful online course business. Jeff is a seasoned entrepreneur with over two decades of experience helping people maximize the reach, revenue, and impact of their learning businesses. And as is the case with many successful entrepreneurs, he's got a lot of impressive projects under his belt. I can't wait to learn more about all of it with all of you. So without further ado, let's talk to Jeff Cobb. All right, Jeff, nice to have you on the podcast. Really excited. Uh, I have been following you for, for quite a while and kind of seeing all of your work around the e-learning space. So you're a bit of a legend in my eyes. So good to get to be here on the podcast with you. Uh, before we dive in uh, for our audience, if you could just introduce yourself and uh, tell us a bit about your, you know, your history and sort of the background, how you got into the e-learning space.
0: Sure. Th- thanks so much for having me here, Rob. And uh, legend. Wow, I, I think uh, that may be <laughs> the first time I've been called that. I'm not sure I deserve it, but I'll, I'll certainly take it. Um, yeah, so I- I'm Jeff Cobb. I am the co-founder and managing director of a company called Tagoris. And aside from consulting with organizations in the education business, we also manage a sort of a portfolio of channels that, that help people in the world of lifelong learning. So we've got a lifelong learner site, Mission to Learn. We've got a site uh, dedicated to kind of large organizations that deliver continuing education and professional development. That's called Leading Learning. And then we've got our Learning Revolution site, which is maybe most relevant to listeners here that's focused on solopreneurs and and, and small companies that recognize the opportunity that's out there right now for serving this kind of global market for lifelong learning. I've been in this business a long time. It's, it's mm-hmm. hard to believe how long at this point I kind of got involved in the, the mid-90s when it was like the dot-com days and you know everybody was throwing money at technology companies and that included e-learning companies. So I got involved with an e-learning company, helped to grow that and, and build it and sell it. And then I started the uh, first company of my own, which was a, a course creation and a, a learning management system uh, platform company, built that up, sold it. Worked for the company that bought us for a while, and then after that, uh, decided I needed to be out on my own again. It's hard to work for other people once you've been out on your own uh, a lot and, and started uh, Tagoras. And have been doing this for 15 years now.
1: I have a wow. you know,
0: long list of clients, and just you know, deeply immersed in everything that's going on in, in terms of the the learning business, as I like to uh, call it.
1: Yeah, I mean, we, you know, we talk a lot about here at Uscreen about, you know, sort of the solopreneurs and entrepreneurs and also some of the brands as well that are using, um, you know, platforms like Uscreen to, you know, build out programs and things. But this e-learning space is massive beyond that, you know, um, I'm sure you've seen it because you're working with corporations and brands and associations, like professional associations as well, right? So um, right. that must be interesting for you to see sort of just how wide and big, you know, e-learning is being adopted.
0: I mean, it's just such a huge market now. I think the, the numbers are around uh, something like 400 billion globally, you know, and, and that's probably not even taking everything into account. And, uh, you know, it, when I got started in the business, the business it was an outlier, like people didn't quite know what to do with e-learning. And it took quite a while for it to happen, but I, you know, at this point, particularly because of what COVID has, has done, mm-hmm. it's become fully mainstream, you know, and uh, you yeah. can't not be doing e-learning at this point if you have anything to do with education.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's interesting too, to start seeing brands gravitating to e-learning as a way to even, you know, do onboarding and even doing lead lead generation through e-learning, right? Like, you know, not uh, selling by teaching, you know, and sort of that approach as well. So, um, you know, you mentioned COVID, you know, pandemic, it's crazy. I think everybody's sort of in the online space somewhere involved in some type of online business entrepreneurship have, you know, they've experienced growth over the last, you know, couple years, I would say in general, um, you know, how is it, how have you seen it, you know, in the e-learning space, um, you know, during this time?
0: Yeah, it's been really interesting. I'm always a little hesitant to talk about it because I know so many people have been hurt by what's happened with COVID. um, But our our company is definitely one of those, what I've heard called COVID winners, Um, just because of what we do. When COVID came along, all of the types of, uh, of organizations we work with had to move their education online, had to move their events online. And, you know, that's right in our sweet spot. So our digital phones, I guess, were, were ringing off the, the hook when that happened. And, you know, a, a lot of the, the types of organizations and people we deal with had been doing things with, with online education, online events, but they probably hadn't been doing enough. And then there were, you know, quite a few who kind of got caught out by this. They really hadn't been doing anything. So a lot of scrambling. And, you know, it's been interesting to see it develop over the, the past couple of years. Those, those companies, those organizations, the, the solopreneurs have had to... Really up their game. They've had to, to learn how to do online well um, and, and really deliver impact with online. And at the same time, on the end user side, you know, people who had never tried e-learning before, um, never attended an online event before, or had done very little of it, I mean, suddenly it's what they have to do. So they're immersed in it, and they become a lot better at it. Their expectations go through the roof. So in terms of just the the market that's out there for Online content, education, events—it's skyrocketed. It's gotten uh, you know much bigger. It's much more competitive, and the expectations for what you deliver at this point are much higher than they used to be.
1: Yeah, that's actually that's a good that's a good point. The expectation, like you know, I guess maybe say a few years ago when you know we had the option, do we want to go to an in-person workshop or an in-person conference, or you know, there's this virtual option. It was kind of like a afterthought. Um, and I've noticed that during the pandemic, sort of the, you know, the co- the quality of the content, you know, the the you know that people are putting into their programs, their memberships, their online courses, it's just really stepped up. It's more engaging, you know. They're really formatting it for the online viewer i mean you'll never replicate that experience in person online but it's getting quite close isn't it oh yeah i mean people are getting much better at it i think you know you
0: referenced earlier like brands getting into this and using it as a form of customer outreach and, and holding their own online events and you know they're throwing big money at it and and when that starts happening you know the, the quality the, the standard is going to go up not not just the production but also the the, the actual impact value of it, the educational value that it's, that is delivering results for the people who show up. Because, I mean, we know that, you know, the, the, the competition for people's attention at this point with the huge amount of, of content and online experiences that are out there, I mean, if you're not delivering something that's really going to produce an impact for
1: somebody who's, who's deciding to attend...
0: You're not going to be doing it for very
1: long. That's true. That's true. It's kind of like that short-term, uh, you know, vision versus that long-term and building that out. Yeah. Um, let's talk a little bit about you know creating offerings versus just products. You know, um, you know, this is I think some of the things that you talk about. What's what's your take on that? You know, offerings versus products.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it sounds like kind of an academic distinction, but it, but it's really yeah. not. I mean, if you think about you know, your average solopreneur or small business or even a, even a bigger organization that's that's creating, say, an, an online course. I mean, that's going to be a typical thing that people refer to as a, as a product in, in, in this world. And they tend to focus on that one thing. You know, it might be, say, a, an on-demand um, video series that they're creating. And, uh, and, you know, so they put all their, their effort into that. But they don't think enough about how they can leverage that. All of the opportunities that come with that sort of core product offering because, you know, if you create an online video course, you're of course going to be able to carve out videos from that that you might be able to make free to spotlight some, some content and spotlight your expertise, uh, whether it's on YouTube or another channel. And then you can build things around those video offerings. You know, you might decide to offer a, a cohort-based version of it where you're, you know, running groups, say, at a, at a business uh, through your course and helping to facilitate that and add some extra value to it. You might attach it to some personalized coaching or even some consulting. So, you know, everything you, that you create, you should think about the range of variations that, uh, that you can create with that product to turn it into an offering. And this, this jives with a, a concept we have called the, the value ramp, which, you know, if you think about it, um, price and value correlate, and, and you know, for your highest priced offerings, you're going to want to deliver a huge amount of value for your sort of lower value, but still, still valuable, but lower value offerings, you're going to charge much less or, or, or maybe even make that free. And we think about sort of a, a curve. If you think uh, a curve starting at the kind of l- lower left side of, a, of a, you know, a page that you're writing on and then arcing up to the right side at the at the upper right side you're going to have your highest value, your ultimate value offerings and then at the, the the very lower left side you might have free or low cost things. All of that can happen around a single product when you turn it into an offering. You can go from free up to very high priced and you know when you start with those free or lower priced, you're building momentum to send people up that value ramp. And it just it's it's a way to meet your customers where they are because particularly when you first connect with a prospective customer, you know, they may not be willing to shell out, you know, $500 for a course or, you know, $2000 for a really, you know, customized educational offering, but if you can give them something a little lower, a carve out from whatever you've created or even give them a little free content to help start to build that trust and that authority, you're going to be much much more successful. So that's why we really focus on on offerings rather than just the the, the the single product. Every single product has the potential to be an offering, to create a value ramp, and then of course you can have multiple offerings filling out your value ramp.
1: Yeah, that's that's really smart. That's really smart. I did I do see that on your blog actually. It's fantastic that you know the just the illustration of that, sort of the free from like say like a blog post right? Your blog content is completely free. You know, your YouTube videos are completely free and it kind of works its way up all the way to consulting, one-on-one consulting, I suppose, which is super high ticket, right? Because it's one-on-one your time. Yeah, it really makes me think about, um, you know, as a uh, content creator or as somebody that is creating courses, you're really, you're really trying to be a master of content distribution, right? Because you're, you know, you're looking at your content. It could, what goes into the free, what goes into YouTube, what goes into the course. I I don't like saying this with the word save because I know that a lot of, you know, people that create courses, they're not holding anything back, but they are putting sort of tiers to access to them. Is that, is that more the value? Is it the access or is it the content um, when it comes to courses, Jeff? It's it's usually a combination.
0: Uh, you know, there there are probably certain parts of content you want to hold back. The stuff that may be a little bit more advanced, a little closer to, whatever your secret sauce is. Yeah. But also, as you're as you're moving up that curve, as you're delivering more value, typically you're you're going to have a, a closer relationship with. Um, with that customer, with that, with that learner that you're working with. So they're going to have more access to you, um, more frequent access, more personalized access, all the way up to it being, you know, individual and, and one-on-one. But it's a combination of that happening. At that lower left, you know, it, it's much more transactional. They're going to be able to come on your website. They're going to be able to get whatever they need right away. But as you go up the, the ramp, it becomes much more of a relationship, much more personalized, and the content becomes, you know, deeper and deeper and, and, and more focused.
1: Yeah, that's good. Um, you know, with, with somebody that is starting out. So if there's a, you know, somebody listening right now or watching us, um, and, and listening to our conversation here and they, they may have a YouTube channel and, or they may have a podcast, um, you know, it's free content and, you know, there's, there's a, there's a lot of conversation right now with content creators, um, you know, Looking to, it's easier to make money from the platforms that they share the content on. So, you know, bloggers, they make money from uh, AdSense. And so do YouTubers. Um, Podcasters, same thing. You know, they make money from, you know, ads and things like that. But it, it does, the, the differentiator that I notice is that, you know, content creators that become successful are able to create their own products and sort of control those levers to make money directly from their audience. Um, and that's sort of the game changer for the most part in general and in my observation. So what advice would you have to somebody that, that has free content, you know, and then they may have the consulting, which based on the value ramp, it's, it's too far of a bridge, right? It's, it's right. too far disconnected to bridge from free content to $500 an hour for consulting let's say, what is sort of the next steps or the things that they need to establish first to sort of build that value ramp? Do they start from the bottom? You can go from either direction and it's very typical to, to have the, the stuff at the bottom and the stuff
0: at the, at the top. We often find this and that there's not, there's not much in the middle. So just even having the value ramp uh, concept in mind, you start to realize there can be a middle there. Because you know this, the, the idea of offerings, the idea of spreading value across the ramp it's also that's an approach to, re, to revenue diversification as well so you're not dependent on one source so you know maybe you are getting the adsense revenue or the affiliate revenue through your free offerings and that's great i mean do that maximize that and maybe you are getting the five hundred dollars an hour um and, and and keep doing that but you know either one of those can can dry up in various ways so you want to have you want to diversify your risk diversify your revenue let's say you are at the bottom and you haven't gotten to the five hundred dollars yet you know, chances are, you can take whatever content you have and figure a way to, to package it together into a, a higher value format. So, if you've got you know a bunch of YouTube videos um, or you know videos you've created and put them on YouTube, you may very well be able to put those into a platform like Uscreen, package them up as, as, into more of a course structure add some downloadables maybe add some some live sessions you know that are going to accompany the course if you want to add even more value and once you do that you're at a point where you can charge for that content that you've already created that you've had out there for free because it's a different experience and it's a different value level when it's put together in a meaningful way when there's a little bit of access to you when maybe you've added some some documents some checklists some things that help them take action with that content to it so you know, it's really just looking at what you've got and brainstorming about it. You can do it from the opposite direction too. We've done this. When you think about what you do as a consultant, for example, we've done a lot of very high priced learning platform selection work for for big organizations. Well, we've taken that and carved it out into sort of our basic process and put it into a sort of coached boot camp that we do over a five-week period. And we don't charge nearly as much for that, but we can charge quite a bit for it because it's got a lot of value associated with it, and we've got the reputation, and, and we're able to do that. So, you know, being thinking from both ends of, of your value ramp if you've got things at, at both ends and uh, just really having that concept of building, building out that portfolio is, is very powerful.
1: I like what you said about sort of diversifying your revenue streams because there are some people that can't afford your consulting. And so you have other offerings in the meantime, on-demand courses that they can consume and learn from and still get value from. And then maybe as they grow their business, then maybe they'll get up there in terms of revenue right. and be able to afford you, you know, in your consulting. Right. Yeah, so that's, that's really fantastic. I wanna stay on you know, just creating and, and starting your online courses. Is there value in terms of pricing? Does the length of the course play a factor into pricing? Or is it more the content and the value? Like, what is pricing is such a moving target, and I'm sure that our listeners are like, "Well, I'd love to create a course, but is this a $50 course? Do I start lower and do I increase as you know I establish myself a little bit more? Or, you know, what what's the what's your sort of mentality around pricing a course? You know, everything for me tends to come back to to
0: value. What what value are you creating, and more importantly, how does the person or the or the businesses that you're trying to serve, how do they perceive that value? So I mean length may matter. It's one of those sort of psychological triggers that if people see a bunch of content, they they think maybe that's more valuable. But of course, in, in reality it, it may not be. What's important is you need to solve the problem or help the person achieve the the opportunity that they're that they're pursuing. And so in the first place, you have to understand what that is. I mean, you really have to understand your audience, the individuals in your audience and kind of what's making them tick and what they're going to think is valuable. If you if you empower them to do X, you know, what's that worth to them? And and really try to monetize that. Think about, you know, financially if you're able to give the the person the, you know, the skills they need to advance in their career, that might be worth, you know, another $20,000 a year in salary for them. So back that into, okay, you know, they should be willing to pay $1,000 or $2,000 for a course that's gonna do that for them because that's gonna be a significant long-term return for them. So really thinking about it from, from that perspective, not so much about length but about really having the the targeted content that's going to achieve value and and again you know the the ability to have access to you as an expert is is always a value lever you you have to watch you know what's what's it's possible to scale or not scale relative to that but you know even doing you know group coaching or or, or large-scale live sessions to accompany whatever you're doing in terms of on-demand content that's immediately going to escalate value and i think in terms of a pricing trigger psychologically when people know they're going to have some level of access to the expert they immediately get that that's that's going to cost more
1: in terms of again speaking to you know content creators already that are you know creating content on youtube and everything what would be the difference between an online course versus a tutorial on youtube you know again coming back to content distribution cuz i do find that there's there's a lot of similarities but I think there's there's some there's some specific differences in terms of what you can get in a in an online course versus just free content on YouTube.
0: Yeah, something like a tutorial on YouTube, obviously, I mean, can be very valuable. I'm, I'm yeah. doing some myself right now on kind of online audio editing. I mean, I- incredible stuff, but it tends to be very how to, you know, step one, step two, step three, step four. Uh, that, that somebody can walk through pretty easily, and, and as a result, you'll see a lot of that uh, very similar content uh, around those types of, of tutorials. I think when you get into a course, you, know, you may still have some of that type of how-to content, but you're gonna have a lot more of the, the bigger picture, the, the why, um, a lot more to really help take the person through applying it In their own situation and that doesn't necessarily have to be you know personalized coaching it can be you know checklists and um, different ways to to apply the um, the content it may be some some peer-to-peer learning that's going on so i don't think there's like a a a huge gap between them it's more sort of how they're packaged up and and how they're positioned and also just how easy it is to get something that's you know the, the same out there i mean I probably am not going to pay for a course on how to do audio editing because I know that there are a lot of them out there for free. So you have to figure out how do you uniquely position yourself and how do you uniquely position how you're approaching the, the the problem or the opportunity that you're teaching uh, about, and then packaging things up in a way that, that really makes that clear that this this isn't something that you're just going to be able to get on YouTube.
1: Yeah, I think I, I think you nailed it there. I think that's that's kind of like why I pick up courses is um, the order. You know, I don't have to stitch together a bunch of YouTube videos to understand exactly what I need to do here. And also, uh, yeah, I think also community, what you mentioned there a little bit, that interaction is also important. You know, if that's something that the course creator does offer, I think that's enticing uh, for me anyway. So, um, yeah, that's really good. In terms of the online course creator, what are some, you know, couple traits or characteristics of a really impactful online course creator or online instructor?
0: Mm. Well, one of them is what I was just referencing, that they, they truly understand their audience. They, they know what that audience values, what they're really trying to achieve through the, the learning experience, and they design their course to, to meet that as opposed to just trying to showcase their own expertise. Um, And, you know, those two things need to come together, your your own expertise has to match up very tightly with what it is that your learners actually value, where they're looking to create positive change. And I think, you know, directly related to that is the best ones, and this kind of goes back to something you were asking about earlier about sort of course length and value, I think the best course creators, the best online instructors. Fully realize and they fully internalize the idea that less is more. Um, you get too many situations where you've got an expert who just wants to, you know, cram everything they can into an offering, teach everything they know uh, about a particular uh, topic. And usually the case is that you know your your learners they don't want to know everything. They they're trying to solve particular problems and they want content that's really tailored to that and that they feel confident when they when they you know put that credit card in and and pay for your course that it's going to solve that specific problem that uh, that they're after so the the best teachers the best instructors and this is you know online or off doesn't matter you know, really understand that the the third thing i'd mention for and this applies particularly to online though it, it applies in the in the classroom uh, in person as well but um, just really understanding the the basics of good slide design and you know that might seem like 101 but uh, you know, there's, there's just still so much bad PowerPoint uh, out there or whatever slide program um, you use. And, you know, part of the problem, again, is just trying to cram too much content into slides, being text-heavy or just trying to address too many things with one slide. Another really common problem is, you know, um, instructors have been told it needs to be more visual, you know, it needs to have some things that they get attention, so they'll shove in, you know, a, a video or a cute graphic or something like that which may get people's attention, make it a laugh or something like that, but it has nothing to do with, you know, the objectives that you're actually trying to achieve and all it ends up doing is creating a distraction, increasing what's called cognitive load, you know, what we're able to, to process it, it, uh, at one time and and uh, just makes the whole experience less effective. So, you know, there's just some good Basics and fundamentals of of slide design and we're actually addressing this uh, this year with one of our new offerings We've got a a new um, Course out with all sorts of variations and how it can be used called Presenting for impact and we get into you know, how do you pare down your content? How do you really focus the objectives of the course? How do you create slides that actually, you know Align with that and are going to help you as an online presenter really deliver deliver some educational impact and because of what we were talking about earlier the whole landscape changing and becoming much more competitive much more crowded that's becoming just much much more important
1: yeah there's there there is a lot that goes into becoming a really impactful successful online course creator um, to then really deliver that value to your, to your, uh, students. Um, and actually it's, it's a really good segue. I want to, I have one final question for you, Jeff, but before we do that, um, I want to mention a couple things that you do have for our audience. Um, one of them is, uh, the toolbox that you have. Tell us a little bit about that. Um, and we'll have the links in the show notes or in the description for you guys to download this, but yeah, Jeff, tell us about the toolbox. Sure.
0: This is something I put together actually, sort of as a follow on to my book uh, leading the learning revolution because i was seeing that there are, there are so many great tools out there that you can use as a as an entrepreneur or somebody who's creating courses and other types of learning content um, but it can be hard to get a handle on them there's just so much stuff out there so i created the toolbox to 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 really go through the different tools that cover you know creating selling delivering um any sort of uh, online course I- experience, and just you know, just package that up in a way to make it uh, really accessible. I talk about those different areas of um, sort of creating value through uh, online education experiences, and then you know, the, the tools that align with those different areas of value. So this is free. Um, you can you can download it on on Learning Revolution. Just go to learningrevolution.net/toolbox, and um, uh, yeah, and that's you know, it's been very very popular with uh, with our with our readers
1: that's oh, amazing that's amazing you know what did I did see sort of like the the, the breakdown of the different outline uh, bullet points of what's covered in the toolbox um, it's really interesting to see that there's a lot of it is um, is marketing and promotion strategies mm. you know hosting a webinar or a podcast right like creating that because it's It's very important to obviously create a course that has value, but it's also then very important to understand how to market it and promote it. You know, nobody knows about this amazing uh, program that you have. Nobody's gonna be able to catch it. So, uh, no, that's really good. So yeah, make sure you guys uh, download that. It's free. Thank you, Jeff, for being so generous to share that. We'll have that in the show notes in the uh, description to uh, to grab that as well. And so my final question for you, Jeff. You know, being in this you know in this space for many years uh, now and really seeing sort of the evolution of online learning. Um, You know, the world is in a crazy, crazy time in history with the pandemic, fast forwarded everything and just brought everything, you know, to the, you know, the front of like e-learning, video content, live streaming. Where do you see the future of online learning?
0: I think that there probably will be more courses, but I think it's becoming more and more possible to consume a variety of of different content and, and, and pull content from multiple sources into really customized learning experiences. So maybe some blog content, some videos, but then you know, coupled with a, with an online course, um, maybe coupled with um some some community aspects. One of the areas I'm I'm most excited about, and it and it's sort of it's already infusing its way into our lives much more than I think most people realize is artificial intelligence. And, and what that's going to do for us. And I think increasingly we're going to see platforms that, you know, have artificial intelligence under the hood and are able to do what I just described. So they might, they might be centered around courses, but they also have the ability to go out and grab other resources based on the person's interest and to assemble those together. So you have a you know really comprehensive learning experience around whatever you're trying to, to dig deep on. And You know, I mean, it sounds futuristic, but I mean, essentially, Amazon's already doing a lot of that with sort of the machine learning and everything that's underlying all of its uh, algorithms. We're just going to see more and more of that coming into platforms and being able to deliver a much, much more personalized experience. I mean, really down to the the very specific needs of the very specific person and assembling the right content on the fly. And I think that's going to be well within the reach of not just huge corporations, but even the solo entrepreneur within, you know, within the next few years.
1: Yeah, I see that too. That's actually a really good point. Never thought about AI affecting uh, online learning. You know, um, just because it's it's such a personal, um, you know, exchange of information. But yes, I mean, AI is definitely going to get into that as well. So uh, very exciting. Very exciting. Well, uh, Jeff, thank you so much for being so generous with your time. Like I said, been following you for years, and it's just an honor to have you on the podcast with us here at Uscreen. And um, I think you have so much. You know knowledge to share with our audience. And um, yeah, I'm really excited for them to catch this and, you know, grab the toolbox and uh, apply to their business. So thank you again for your time, Jeff. Hey, thanks so much, Rob. I really enjoyed the conversation. I hope you enjoyed that episode with Jeff Cobb. Make sure you're subscribed to the show so you don't miss any of the new episodes as they're published. And if you want to learn more about using Uscreen, for your business, or you want to join our affiliate partner program, we'd love to have you head over to uscreen.link podcast to get more information. And I'll see you in the next episode.